0: what's going on guys it's Nikir, here back in the video it's that time of year bold prediction time we're gonna go over the positive predictions i have today uh so only like breakout performances league winning performances and we'll do a flip side tomorrow so players i think can be massive bust so sit back hit the like button and let's start things off with justin herbert i predict that justin herbert will break the single season passing yardage record he has over 1,100 more passing yards than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL through three seasons. And that's with Allen, Williams, Eckler, all missing time the last two years. It hasn't been like, even Herbert has missed, um, has like had injuries that he's had to play through. And so it's like, you've got Herbert having injuries. You've got Keenan Allen missing big chunks of time with injury. Mike Williams missing big chunks of time. Eckler missing time. They've never had everyone fully healthy for an entire season. And yet, again, over 1,100 more passing yards than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL through their first three seasons. He now has an offensive coordinator this season that is going to throw the ball at a very high rate, going to play fast. That's just what he does. And then the Chargers. Drafted Quentin Johnston in the first round. Why'd they do that? Well, they wanted more yak, they wanted more big play ability. That's also just going to help out the entire offense, make everything more efficient, make Justin Herbert's job a little bit easier. It's going to lead to more games where he's approaching 400 passing yards, which is what he's going to need to do sometimes. Don't have to average 400, but The record is 5,477 set by Peyton Manning back in 2013. So if Herbert plays a full 17-game season, which given the division they're in, pretty likely they're going to have to play all 17 weeks. Uh, He's going to need 323 passing yards per game to break that. Uh, I think he makes that leap this season. I think uh, Variance last year was not on their side. They got very unlucky last season. I don't think people truly appreciate how good of a quarterback Justin Herbert is and how good he's going to be with Quentin Johnson added to the attack this season. Everyone stays healthy. I think he breaks the passing yard record, finishes a top three quarterback. And that's, you know, difficult for him to do because he doesn't have those same rushing projections as like Lamar, as Justin Fields, as uh, Jalen Hurts, as even Josh Allen. Like these guys have much better rushing production. I think he finished top three. If he breaks the record this season, great pick where he's going. Bijan. Next up, I think Bijan is going to have the best season of his career and finish as the running back one overall this season. That's going to sound extremely bold and well, let's be honest, we can't really know if it's going to come true until a few seasons, obviously, if we're predicting the best of his career. But basically, the underlying one there is, I think he can finish as a running back one overall. Um, and it seems bold to say that, well, this will be the best season of his career. Like, wouldn't that happen in year three, in year four? Since two thousand, sixteen 16 running backs have been taken with a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. These running backs have averaged over 250 touches per. Per season in their rookie year, with 31% of them having the best or tied for the best season of their career, even as a rookie. And so, someone came up to you and they were like, You have to guess for Bijan which year in his career he will have the most fantasy points, the most production, however you really want to measure it. We should probably measure for fantasy points here. um, If they had you guess, your best guess is this season. Like, if you were just randomly selecting a year, it is most likely that his most production will come this year. You also consider, okay, well, how about the situation, right? We're thinking about it in terms of, like, you know, these rookies just get so much volume that first season. They're so fresh. They're just going to produce really, really well. Well, you can also look at that situation. The Falcons have an unbelievably soft schedule this season. I believe they're second behind the Saints, but it's like, Saints up here, Falcons right below them, cliff into number three. Like the Saints and the Falcons have very easy schedules. So there's going to be a lot of games where you're looking at the matchup and you're like, well, the Falcons aren't, you know, a top 10 team in the league probably. But you're going to keep looking at the schedule being like, well, that's a winnable game. That's a winnable game. This one is too. And so there's going to be a lot of games where they're winning. If you looked at last season, they will run the ball when they're down three scores. And so what's going to happen when they're winning? Very, very run heavy. Uh, we look at Brandon Thorne's uh, offensive line rankings over DTR. They have a top 10 offensive line, but they're higher if you were to just do... He doesn't do this, but if you were to just do rankings for run blocking, they're one of the best in the league. Like It's pass blocking that's bringing them down a little bit. Uh, so that would be like outside the top 10. They probably have a top three or top five run blocking offensive line. Uh, I hate when people kind of talk about how well, they haven't played yet, right? No kidding, but we've seen him play in college. We know that he's an incredible talent. We know the opportunity will be there. We know the situation is awesome. I think he finishes the number one running back this season, have the best season of his career. While we're at it, while we're doing uh, bold takes for uh, different players finishing as the number one at their position, how about we go to wide receiver? And I got a spicy one for you here. Calvin Ridley finishes the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy. Definitely, I would say, the boldest one on this list because you've got so many wide receivers that get drafted ahead of him for good reason. They're going to see significant volume this season. And Calvin Ridley's last catch in the NFL came on October 24th of 2021. So, Yeah, a little bit bold saying he can finish as the wide receiver one. Uh, But I believe in Trevor Lawrence. I believe in Trevor Lawrence having a big breakout this season. I believe the Jaguars offense can finish in the top five this year. Uh, There's also been nothing but overwhelmingly positive reports out of camp about Calvin Ridley. Uh, It's very clear he's going to be their ex-wide receiver. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, they were good last season, but they're not wide receiver ones. Ridley is. Now, to actually finish first, he's probably going to need around like 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. Uh, But you you look at like last season, Christian Kirk had 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. And again, Christian Kirk is not a number one wide receiver, and he didn't have nearly even close to the same buzz out of camp that Ridley is garnering this season. Like, Beat reporters are saying that he is the best player they've seen in years and that Kirk, Zay, they're good, but they're just going to compliment him because he is their clear number one, not going to leave the field. He's just going to be dominant. And again, like Trevor Lawrence was an incredible prospect. And I feel like people still don't view him as like one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league because of that rookie season, how bad that was. But that was situational. That was everything going around him with like the coaching staff, would not really have anyone to throw to. He's an amazing quarterback. And I think this season, when we watch the Jaguars offense, we're going to be like, wow. Like, that's who we thought Trevor Lawrence was. And a big part of that is I think Ridley unlocks this offense. And if they're going to be a top three, top five offense, and Ridley's their number one, and they're going to be scoring, I mean, they wanted to score like 30 points per game if you listen to the coaching staff, but they want to be scoring a lot of points this season. I think Ridley's a big beneficiary of that. I think you can finish number one. Next up. Why don't we do the same thing for tight end position? Uh, Bold take is it really is a bold take saying that Travis Kelsey will not be the tight end one this season, but that's not the take. The take is that who will replace him this year is not Mark Andrews, not TJ Hawkinson, but Darren Waller. Uh, Waller was the tight end two back in 2020. A while ago, but still shows he's capable of posting a really nice season. 107 receptions, just shy of 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. Right now, I have him with a 19% projected target share, a little over a 20% touchdown share. Given those numbers, he should finish around 100 to 105 targets. uh, And you would just not be the tight end one given that. If he finishes with a 19% target share, he'd have to get very, very lucky with touchdowns to be the tight end one. But if you look at his target shares since 2019, he is fully capable of blowing past 19%. Uh, in 2019, it was 24%, then 29%, another 24% season. And then the one drop was last season when he was injured for pretty much the entire season. It was at 14%. But again, he's sharing the field with Devonta Adams there, and he's injured for nearly the entire season. So, of course, you kind of have to throw that 14% out. Other years, he was, again, 24 29 and 24%. So he's proven he can blow past my projection at 19%. And if he were to finish the season around 24%, now he's pushing for over 130 targets. Well, now he doesn't need to get as lucky with touchdowns if he wants to challenge Travis Kelsey. And given everything we've heard out of camp this summer, given everything we've seen in the preseason, it is very possible that... Targets are very consolidated around him this season. He's a featured weapon that he has many double-digit target games. And given the player that he is, a highly efficient player in the receiving game, his yards perception is really, really good. He can command those targets. If he's going to do that this season and push 24, 25% of these targets, he can finish number one. And that's what you're looking for, right? When you're drafting a tight end, especially in the middle rounds, You want to have that path to challenge Travis Kelsey because if it's Kelsey at the top and then a 50 point drop down to everyone else, the teams that took Kelsey are going to have a significant advantage. It's going to be tough to take them down in the playoffs. But if Waller can approach that production and even squeak past Kelsey, now you're steamrolling those teams because you didn't spend that first round pick on tight end. You've got a much better supporting cast around that league winning tight end. And you're also dominating other teams, especially that you know don't have that high-end tight end at all, and you're just creaming them at that position while not spending a high-end pick on it. So hugely beneficial if he does break out this season. I really think he's an exceptional pick right now. Moving back to running back, how about Damian Pierce finishing as a top five running back? Pierce was a running back 23 in points per game last season, but virtually everything is better. And I say virtually because maybe there's something I'm not thinking about, but everything around his situation is better. The offense is going to be better. They have stability at the quarterback position. They have improved skill players around this quarterback. Like they're going to be a better offense than they were last year. The offensive line is going to be better. They made improvements there. The defense is going to be better. They made improvements there. That's a very good thing for running backs. It's going to lead to more wins. If the offense is a little bit better, the O line's a little bit better, the defense is better, they're going to be winning more in the second half. They didn't win very many games with Pierce last season. I think only one game he played in, they won. We know that a winning game script for any running back, it does not matter if you're a pass catching back or an early down back, it is better when your team is winning games. And if they have more second halves where they're winning, that's going to be very, very, very good for Damian Pierce. And so if all those things happen, that's great. He's going to be playing more on third downs now. So in those losses, when they're not ahead in the second half, he will still be on the field. So now he's game script proof. He has a stronger understanding of the playbook and the scheme, something he's talked about being very important. He said that he was just not fully comfortable last season, didn't know everything. And that forced the coaching staff to... To not be able to play him in all these situations, to not throw him out there on 3rd and nine, third and 10, to throw Rex Burkhead and these scrub running backs out there at times, they actually took a lot more production than you would think. And so he's got a better understanding of that. And now he's got full confidence in the coaching staff. Like, everything, everything is pointing to him being better this season. And what did he do last season? As a rookie, he had over 20 touches per game. Like, he was really, really good last year, and everything points to it being much better this season. Damian Pierce is going to be a league-winning running back this season, and I truly believe that he can finish as a top-five running back, and yet you can get him outside the top 50 on many platforms. Back to wide receiver. Jahan Dotson will outscore Terry McLaurin straight up the season not saying when you take value into account because there's like a three round difference between these two straight up Jahan Dotson outscores Terry McLaurin Uh, McLaurin has been great is great but he's maxed out as a wide receiver 20 in points per game he does have this minor turf toe injury to start the season I don't think that's going to be anything major but we've seen him kind of battle through injuries in the past and again He's maxed out at 20th in points per game in situations where there was absolutely no target competition. Dotson, meanwhile, was awesome in his rookie year. Now, he struggled through injuries, and he got injuries at the worst possible time. And that hamstring injury he had last season, just when he's starting to get going early in the year, hamstring injury. Takes time to come back from that, misses like, what, five, five and a half games. Comes back, limited, ends the season really strong. But it's tough as a rookie getting hurt right away, right in that like, you know, middle portion of the season, just missing all of that. That's very, very difficult for your development. So that was tough for him. But even with that, even with that, you know, time missed and coming off of injury, he still dominated press coverage. He posted great success rates versus man and zone. He ran every single one of his top eight routes at a well above average success rate. So as a rookie that was injured, he was running the route tree beautifully. He was getting open consistently. He was producing in fantasy, and he was producing the areas we care about. Deep downfield in the red zone. I don't really care if you're awesome five yards downfield, seven yards downfield. Who cares? Can you score me touchdowns? Can you get me chunk plays downfield? That's where fantasy points come in. It's very difficult for someone to consistently produce when it's like, yeah, I get, you know, eight targets per game, but they're all very close to the line of scrimmage. Give me those targets downfield. That's what Dotson can do. And he's very good at that. Reportedly, in camp, he's been awesome. He looked great in the preseason. So honestly, I don't think it should be that bold of a take. Um, but again, there's around a three round difference between Terry McLaurin and Dotson. Definitely you want Dotson at the value. But I think it should be much closer than that because I think Dotson's a much better player than people think. Last ball prediction, back to tight end. David Njoku will lead all tight ends in touchdowns this season and finish the top three tight end in fantasy. Last season, Njoku finished 11th among all players in red zone targets last season and second among tight ends. So only Travis Kelsey had more red zone targets than David Njoku last season. This season, the Browns are going to play faster and they're going to throw the ball at a higher rate. We also know that the offense has been fairly mediocre overall in camp, but the one part of the passing offense has been consistent and really been clicking is a connection between Watson and Njoku. Uh, Njoku, unfortunately, you know, came into the league as a very high end prospect. We figured he would be. Very, very good in fantasy because he was, you know, such an athletic freak and so good in the receiving game. Hasn't really panned out, to be honest. He's maxed out at four touchdowns in his career. If He's going to lead all tight ends. He's got to be in that 10 to 12 range. And so, you know, on average, it's been taking him, you know, four, three or four years to really hit that mark. He has years where it's below four. Obviously, if his career best is four. But I really do think he's kind of set up for a breakout this season. The Browns offense has great skill players. Like, they really do. This isn't, you know, me saying that, like, they don't have good players that have to throw to Njoku. But they're pretty thin behind Chubb. Obviously, this traded for Pierre Strong. If you're trading for Pierre Strong, you're not very, you know, deep at that position. They have four decent wide receivers, but nothing really beyond that. So if they get some injuries to their wide receivers, that's really going to hurt. Because the drop-off is, like, pretty steep behind what they have right now. And then Njoku is by far their best tight end. I mean, they've got Jordan Aikens and Harrison Bryant behind him. That's not going to be anything like Njoku's going to be out there north of 95% of the snaps when healthy. And you got to figure, again, he was using the red zone last season. That connection has reportedly been very, very strong this summer. One of the bright spots of the offense. I think this is the year where he hits. And you can get them at a really good discount right now as the 10th tight end off boards. So if you want to see my exact projections, my exact rankings in all different scoring formats, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And if you want access to that for free, all you got to do is sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA and make a minimum $10 deposit do that in the following morning you get an email from me with login information to my website that will give you access to my redraft rankings access to uh, all underdog content all season long and they'll double your initial deposit up to 100 so you put 75 in they'll turn into 150 and then also my updated must draft players you get a huge list i think it's the top 61 must draft players this season you'll have access to that list as well so again tomorrow is going to be uh, the flip side of this video who I think could bust this season. And then after that, we're going to go over all the news you need to know over the last week. But that, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, hop the like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.